0: Welcome back, you're listening to This Week with Carol Coleman and Justin McCarthy. Let's return now to the crisis in the country's hospitals, a crisis which has become an annual event as regular as Christmas itself. And despite repeated assertions by politicians that it cannot be allowed to happen again, it inevitably does. So why are we facing the same problems year after year, Tony O'Brien is a former Director General of the HSE and columnist with the Business Post newspaper. He's well familiar with the problems of overcrowding in hospitals, having dealt with the crisis himself during his own tenure as uh, Head of the Health Service Executive. Tony O'Brien, good afternoon. Welcome to the programme.
1: Thank you, Justin. Good afternoon.
0: Let's start with that question. Why, despite knowing that this problem is an annual event, uh, entirely predictable and was predicted again this year, why it hasn't been solved? Well,
1: first of all, I'd like to say that it's not so much an annual event now as a permanent situation. That It's true that we have the worst situation annually in the first few weeks of January. But there is a reality that a high level of trolley waiting as well as waiting lists are now a permanent feature of the system. And, and so it's not just about fixing it with short-term measures in January. It's about a fundamental change. Um, so we have currently, we have people waiting for home support hours um, despite the fact that there's been a a long-standing commitment to introduce a statutory home care scheme which would hopefully hopefully deal with that that needs to be accelerated. We have delays in getting people into nursing homes for a variety of administrative reasons and now we're having a squeeze on the availability of nursing homes and that needs to be fixed but we've all known for quite some time that there are insufficient beds in our hospital system and that the hospital system runs at too high a uh, bed utilisation rate to be able to deal with any kind of surge in demand for beds. So mm-hmm. the only reason there are patients waiting on trolleys or even worse on chairs who've been where a decision has been made to admit them to hospital is because there are already patients in those beds and that's because there are not sufficient of those beds. So it's a multiple uh, capacity
0: deficit problem. I, and, and yet we have seen record funding being ploughed into the the health service. As as Robert Watt, the Secretary-General of the Department of Health, pointed out in September, uh, he said he could see no improvement despite significant money being put in. So why is that happening?
1: Well, if we look at what makes the difference between being able to stop having Large surges of people waiting on trolleys or, or, or on chairs. It's are there the is there the bed the bed capacity that matches the needs of the population? And based on the government's own modelling published in 2018, the answer to that is no. Are there enough uh, staff? Uh, and for example, since 2012, we've built up a deficit of close on 900 hospital consultants. Now, recently, a new contract process has, it seems, been concluded which may result in the bottleneck in recruitment, the problems of being able to recruit consultants being addressed. But it doesn't matter how much money you put in, if you don't create the context in which the capacity of the system matches the needs of the population, and I'm summarising that now down to beds, doctors, nurses, other healthcare professionals, then the system cannot function effectively.
0: Mm.
1: And the system itself doesn't get to decide those things. The rates pay for consultants decided at government level. Whether or not the capital plan accelerates and builds the beds that are required. Phil Hay referenced the slow paced implementation of Slauncher Care, and there are some good things happening under Slauncher Care, but not quickly enough. So the solutions are actually well documented. What's, yes. what's happening is they're not being implemented quickly.
0: And, and those solutions that that you speak of, they are they are long, medium term solutions. In the short term, now, while we're in the midst of this crisis, you, you you may have heard Minister Jack Chambers speaking there about what he described as the underutilization of private beds in private hospitals by the HSE. Uh, he wants to see that scaled up. Um, is that something that the government should be turning its attentions now? To, that the, the HSE should be turning its attention to, to to address the problems in the short term?
1: With, reject, with respect to Minister Chambers, he's not, a, he's not a line minister from health. He's following the the, 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 the script, the talking points that have been distributed to all, all the ministers who are going on the radio this week. And clearly they've decided that that's the angle they're going to use to deflect any responsibility from themselves to the HSE. I heard HSE officials during the week in private hospitals talking about the utilisation of beds, there is a reality that not all beds in the private hospital system are suitable for inpatient stays because part of the efficiency model in private hospitals is a lot of day service beds because of the natures of procedures used. But clearly, in the immediate situation, as much utilisation needs needs to be availed of. But I, I, I have a slightly cynical reaction mm. when I hear any minister going through the standardised talking points in a way that is simply designed to deflect attention away from the government. I understand why they do that, but it's not very
0: helpful. We have also seen in, in the paper you write for, the Business Post today, uh, on the front page of that newspaper, a story uh, which outlines how the Minister for Health uh, had raised concerns with the HSE as far back as May about the winter plans in some hospitals. And um, I mean, people will look at that and they will see perhaps that there's a, a, a dysfunctional relationship between the the Department of Health and the HSE in relation to planning for winter surges. Would would you agree that it is dysfunctional?
1: Well, I think there's a, a complex relationship, and there's also a timing issue as to when winter planning occurs. I mean, at the moment we haven't seen the 2023 service plan published, and because this is such a baked in part of the annual life of the health service i think the winter plan should be part of the annual service plan we should know in january what the additional things that will be done in the following winter in the following winter are i don't think the correspondence that's reported in the business post today points to dysfunction i think it does point to concern about how you plan this is seen as a national problem and at a political level it's the national figure that this that drives the debate but the reality is you know The political heat will go out of this if the figure drops down from the 900 it was earlier this Mm. week to say 600 next week. But that doesn't mean that the situation is improved. For those 600 patients, the experience will be every bit as bad, damaging and life-threatening as it has been for the 900 patients this week. But there is a reality that when you look hospital by hospital... The, the circumstances that drive numbers do vary hospital by okay. hospital. And my understanding is that correspondence was about having individualised yes. plans signed off at each hospital, and that clearly doesn't need to happen.
0: OK, Tony O'Brien, a former Director-General of the HSE and columnist with the Business Post newspaper. Thank you very much indeed for talking to us today.